Welcome to the Cop Table podcast with special guests, game previews, and music by unsigned bands and artists. Brought to you by www.friendsofliverpool.com. Welcome to tonight's show, where we go. We are going to be previewing the Crystal Palace versus Liverpool game. This this coming Saturday midday. On tonight's show, we have Jay Riley with us once again. Jay is a regular on the Radio City Fan Friday talk show. There's a bit of writing for the Liverpool Echo and Read Liverpool as well. So thanks for your time again, Jay. How are you doing, Paul? Even a mate, you're okay. Yeah, not too bad at all, thank you. And we have with us tonight, who's going to be joining us a little bit later on, a representative from the Red and Blue Army .co.uk website who's um, who's agreed to come on with us. He's going to be representing Crystal Palace. So um, we're going to start off with Jay while we, we hang on for um, for our, our Palace guest. But looking forward to the game on the weekend, Jay. We've we've lost Joe Gomez now, haven't we, through a, an injury in the in the international break. I'll just see uh, Jurgen Klopp coping with with the loss of uh, Joe Gomez. Well, I mean, obviously it was, it's an inconvenience really, isn't it, to have the international break, you know, the time of the season that we, we've had it because you know, the games come thick and fast now and Liverpool have got a, a vitally important Champions League game on their eyes. Well, you know, two-legged tie against Manchester City and, you know, to have one of the one of the players that's played quite a lot for us this season in the right-back position, unavailable for them games because of injury, because of an injury that has happened on international duty. You know, it's just infuriating, really. And that's the reason why a lot of fans and you know, myself and, and many included just dislike international football because, you know, we take on board that players can get injured in, in training. You know, at Melwoods, of course they can. But, you know, when they go away with the, the, the national teams and they get injured, and it just seems to be a recurring theme. But Liverpool players, we tend to, it tends to happen to Liverpool quite a lot, quite regular, and it's happened for years. And it's just frustrating, really, because you know if it was a qualifying game for the European Championships or for the World Cup, then fair enough. But you know when it's a meaningless friendly game, it just it just absolutely winds you up, doesn't it? And you just get so frustrated about it. And you know Liverpool have now got four games in in the space of eleven days. And the intensity levels, basically all of them games, is just going to be huge. And, you know, you need to have your players available. And, yeah, we've got quite a big squad. But, you know, this season, Liverpool have been, you know, we've been without our number one right-back, Nathaniel Clyde, for all of the season, really. And we've had to mix it up, haven't we, between Joe Gomez and Trent Alexander-Arnold. And both of them have done quite well. You know, they've, they've not really let us down. They've tried their best. But there's been occasions when, you know, they've made a few mistakes here and there and, yeah, of course, Joe Gomez went through a little spell of making mistakes, didn't he? We've touched on it on previous podcasts where you know, we made mistake a mistake against Manchester City at home in the league game. We made a mistake against Arsenal away at the Emirates. He also made the mistake against Burnley as well away on New Year's Day. But, you know, Trent Alexander-Arnold as well, you know, he's made mistakes. I mean, he, he couldn't cope with it, but Marcus Rashford could here at Old Trafford. So, 
you know, it's it's not ideal. And realistically, you know, hopefully Nathaniel Klein will be able to feature in one or two of these games that we've got coming up. But he played in an under-23 game recently and he just looked well off the pace. And, you know, it's understandable, really, because he got injured at the start of pre-season, didn't he? So he's not even really had a pre-season. He's missed all of the season so far. And, you know, it's just not ideal, is it, going into this, this hectic, busy period now that we're going to face. So... You know, it's frustrating and I'm sure in my mind Joe Gomez probably would have started in the two Champions League games anyway because um, just because he's got that little bit more experience than what Trent has and now we're in a situation where you know it looks like Alexander-Arnold will probably play in them games against Man City so will he start on Saturday against Crystal Palace? I'm not so sure. I mean, I, I honestly can't see Klein being ready. He must be about 70% fit and if you're looking at one of them games for Klein to start in, he's more than likely going to play against Everton in the Derby game because that is the game really where you're expecting Klopp to make wholesale changes. And people might not like hearing that, but what you've got to realise is it's sandwiched in between the two Champions League games. First and foremost, Liverpool need to register three points against Crystal Palace on Saturday because then that does give us the licence then to go into the Everton game where potentially it doesn't hurt us as much if we drop points against Everton because we are going to be solely concentrating on them Champions League ties against Manchester City. So the game on Saturday against Crystal Palace is huge. It's crucial that we get three points. And to me, you know, the other option you've got potentially with Gomez being injured is maybe James Milner could feature at right back as well because, you know, ultimately last season he played left back and he'd done a very good job for the majority of the season. This season, he's played in midfield more often than not. But, um, you know, like I say, he has played on the right-hand side for a large part of his career when he was at, like, Manchester City and what have you. So, you know, ultimately, he could do the job at right-back. And it just depends, really, on what Klopp wants to do. He may want to go with a little bit of experience because, you know, Alexander-Arnold's still only a kid. Let's not get away from that fact. He's done a job for us this season, but, you know, he's not really a natural right-back and he's only young, so he's inexperienced. So it's going to be tough against City. So you never know. Maybe James Milner will get the nod in one or two of the games, but you know it's certainly a dilemma for Klopp going forward in these next couple of games. Yeah, like you say, Nathaniel Klein's been struggling for fitness all season, really, hasn't he? So um, possibility that he could get a few minutes. But looking at other areas of the squad as well, Jay, you know, Andy Robertson has come back to to Melwood with a slight slight knock. I don't know whether it's a, a dead leg or something. So he's he could be a doubt for the weekend. Also, you've got the the ones who played international duty got a um, got a few minutes away with their international teams. Do you see Klopp looking to rest some of them, the likes of Chamberlain who, who played them um, a couple of times for England? Um, Van Dijk's just come back, hasn't he from from Holland? So, and you've also had Mane and Salah and Firmino all away as well. Do you see him going full strength for this Crystal Palace game? And then, like you say, possibly resting one or two for Everton. Um, I'll just I'll just see him lining up for this this particular fixture against Palace. I think he'll definitely go strong against Crystal Palace, purely and simply because, as I said before, it, it's important for Liverpool to get the three points. Because if Liverpool do win on Saturday morning, we will open up a 10-point gap in Chelsea in fifth place. Now, I know Chelsea will have two games at hand and they obviously have to play Tottenham this weekend, which is a, which is a tough game, really. And it's a six-pointer for top four because, you know, obviously Tottenham are just behind Liverpool in the table. And, you know, like I say, Liverpool can go can open up a 10-point gap. That, that's, that's massive, really. And it does allow then Liverpool 
to have that little bit of a cushion really where it enables us to make a lot of changes for the derby game against Devon because look at the end of the day people will say why does he need to make so many changes in that game now I I was very critical so were many others of Klopp when he made the changes he made against Devon in the first derby game in December time and to be honest it it backfired on him and you know Liverpool control the game should have got the three points you're well a better team the facts are we never gave away a stupid penalty conceded late on dropped two points and everyone was so frustrated about it a couple of days later he played a stronger team against West Brom at home and we drew the game nil-nil so you know Jürgen Klopp made a mistake there and he came in for a lot of criticism but hindsight's a wonderful thing isn't it and at the time yeah people criticised him for it but this time it would be more acceptable and more valid for him to make the changes because let's be brutally honest Liverpool have got three games in six days and two of them games are against Manchester City in the quarterfinals of the Champions League so you know what you've got to consider is and what you've got to look at is it's that that Everton game sandwiched in between is absolutely just a total inconvenience and and you know obviously this is going to be Everton's best chance of beating Liverpool they haven't been Liverpool for a Thing it's eight years now. This is going to be their best chance in a long, long time to beat us because Klopp is going to be backed into a corner. Really, he's going to have to make changes. There's no way Liverpool, they're like Salah, Firmino, the intensity levels that you're going to have to perform at in the two games against Manchester City to expect them to do it three times in the space of six days. It's just impossible. It just won't won't be able to happen. So he's going to have to make changes. But it's vitally important that we register the three points on Saturday against Crystal Palace. You know, we, the next. Next game is always the most important game, by the way. And I know I'm saying there about wrestling playing against Everton, but circumstantial. This Crystal Palace game, though, first and foremost, we have to register three points because if we struggle against Palace and drop points or even lose the game, then it puts a lot more pressure then on them six days, three massive games. And Klopp may not want to rest that many players against Everton then because you can't take your eye off the ball in the Premier League because, yes, we're in a good position at this moment in time, but it's it's not cut and dry that Liverpool are going to finish in the top four. But as good as we've been this season, it's been a joy to watch at times. We've been entertained home and away, but we're still not secure in the top four. If we've got a couple of tough games coming up on the horizon, I think we've obviously got... Th- three away games haven't we we've got um, Crystal Palace Everton and West Brom coming up so you know Liverpool have got some tough games there's no mistake about it Sellers Park has not been a happy hunting ground for Liverpool Crystal Palace have been a little bit of a bogey scene to us and you know you have to look at West Brom as well this season played us twice at Anfield and beat us in the cup got a nil-nil draw at Anfield as well so coming up against teams who are at the, the lower end of the table but make no mistake they're not easy games are they you know they've got things to play for I mean West Brom are all but relegated anyway but you know they've got a good record against us this season Crystal Palace are still fighting for their lives and they've got a few players back now fully expecting Zaha to be back and available to play against us on Saturday so you know like I say it's going to be a dilemma for Klopp because he's their star man Zaha's he's a very good player I think you know he might be off in the summer to a bigger club but you know he's still there at this moment in time and he's a top player for me I think he's a very good player and he's going to cause us problem so we're gonna have to sort of like counteract that and you know it's a it's a massively important game make no mistake Liverpool will go strong Virgil van Dijk played both games he captains his country didn't he in midweek and it's it's not ideal because you know he's gonna to have to start the game on Saturday no questions asked there um the likes of Oxley Chamberlain played two games for England I'd be very surprised if he started the game though to be honest with you yeah hello Terence just added you into the call uh, hello guys how are you doing not too bad, thanks. 
getting out of the station. Yep. <laughs> I've yeah. literally just arrived at Crystal Palace Station, which means I've now got a very long walk to my house. So if I get a bit breathless, I do apologise. <laughs> yeah, not a problem. Yeah, so we was just um, we was just talking. Jay was just talking about the the game upcoming at the weekend and. Um, Tell us a little bit about your thoughts on uh, Crystal Palace's season so far, please, uh, Terence. Uh, I mean, it's been a it's been a very strange season. Now, obviously, the appointment of Frank De Boer at the beginning of the season gave us all a bit. We, we all got very excited, and uh, we all realised now that it was a little bit a little bit premature to get excited about that appointment. But um, you know, yeah. we have a very ambitious chairman, and. Uh, you know, he's never going to sit around for long. And he, he, he did the right thing in employing Frank De Boer. And at the same time, which was very bizarre, is where we, we were interested in employing Roy Hodgson at the same time. But, you know, Frank De Boer won out. And it obviously went very, very terribly at the start of the season. And um, Hodgson came in. And look, we've got a very decent squad of players. We're not a squad of players that should be at the relegation end of the table. Mm. So when Hodgson came in, it was kind of like he's done a really good job with uh, players, with teams in a similar position to Crystal Palace. So with Fulham, he did a really, really good job. With West Brom, he did a really, really good job. So you'd expect the same with Palace. And he did fantastic things with us. And then, you know, up until about 10 games ago, he picked up a lot of injuries and... It's dragged us back towards the relegation zone, but you know, up until that point, we were doing fine, and you know, I, I, I think we'll just about be okay this season. Yeah, and um, me and Jay was just talking about about the threat of Crystal Palace. Obviously, you've got Will Zahari. East, I don't know whether he's touching goal for the game. Is he injured? Is he is he going to be fit? Well, tell us a little bit else about the the squad that's going to be available and um, ready for the game against Liverpool uh, this weekend, please, Terence. Well, <laughs> you you'll probably have realised us is a bit of a bogey team for you guys and you've probably picked us up at the worst time. So for the last seven or eight games, we've had a lot of injuries. Lots, um, you know, Zaha's been out. Very, very big players. Mamadou Sako, you know, you guys obviously have your feelings about him, but in terms of for Crystal Palace, Mamadou Sako is a huge centre-back to be having at the club. Uh, um, we've, we've basically been suffering from half hour 25 being injured. At Huddersfield a couple of weekends ago, we got all of our squad back and we beat them 2-0. In that game, Mamadou Saka and James Tompkins played with each other for the eighth time in their Palace careers. It's the fifth clean sheet that I've kept in those games. So in those times, we've now got all of our players coming back. Wilfred Zaha's obviously our talisman. He's the guy that, without him, we've lost 10 games this season when he hasn't played. He hasn't played 10 games. We've lost all 10. He's back now. Um, he was immediately in the mix against Huddersfield last weekend and he just takes a, he, he takes players out of the game for us which when Zaha isn't on the field we don't have so if Zaha's on the pitch you have to concentrate on him which opens up space for the likes of Johan Gabay, Andros Townsend Christian Benteke so on so on and it just makes us more of a threat when he's on the field and sorry lads he's, he, he will be available this weekend yeah, and one of the, the Crystal Palace games that I seen this season was the one against Manchester United where they was flying, weren't he? They was 2-0 was up and then 
all of a sudden they just seem to to sit back and try and try and soak up the pressure and unfortunately it come undone didn't it at the end when United scored in in injury time when Matic brought, brought that um sorry hit that shot from about 25 yards but just during that game what I I noticed is like there was that little spell in the second half where it was I think it was still 2-0 and Palace was that was looking a little bit under the cosh, if you like. And I just thought to myself, this is the time where Roy needs to kill this game now, you know what I mean? He needs to make a substitute, run the clock down a little bit. But he didn't. He just let he just let the play carry on, if you like. And it, and United took advantage of it. it. It was just relentless instead of him you know, making that, just that interruption into the game, if you like. So what's your, your thoughts on um, on Roy Hodgson and, and his, his tactics, uh, Terence? Um, what <laughs> substitutions have been a big thing about Roy Hodgson's tactics recently. Um, the problem is we just don't have a big enough squad. Um, before Hodgson came in, we only had a 24-man squad, as it was anyway. So we didn't even field a 25-man comp- complete squad. And with the amount of injuries we had, which is we're literally talking 12, 13 players at one point, and not, you know, fringe players, first team players, players that are competing for the match day squad were out. So when it comes against Manchester United, Hodgson's looking at the bench and he's thinking, who am I putting on here? There is literally no one with any experience. Uh, we've had to add Aaron Wan-Bissaka in at right back, who, you know, is a 20-year-old, never played any level of football in his career. Uh for us, thankfully, he's turned out that we've thrown him in at the deep end and he's done very well. But in that game against United, he's looking at his bench and he's there's no one he can throw on. There's literally nothing he can do. There's no experience. There's not a single player that he can throw on there and have confidence in that's going to see out that result. So he just had to stick with the players he was with. I mean, the job Hodgson's done outside of Pep Guardiola this season, he, he should be manager of the season. You know, when he came in, uh, he had to rallied the squad around by the time he actually got his claws into play we'd lost seven games hadn't scored a goal and a bottom of the league and everyone's tipping us off for relegation like no one's given us a chance and now with seven games to go we're outside the relegation zone we have literally the best run and running by points per game of any team in the Premier League and we have a very very good chance of surviving relegation this season Spot on, cheers, Terence. Okay, then back over to yourself, Jay. Um, what sort of game are you expecting down at uh, Sellers Park this this coming weekend? Well, as Terence pointed out there, I mean, Crystal Palace have they've been a little bit of a bogey team to us. There's no dispute in that. I mean, they've done really well at Anfield. Really, I know earlier on in the season Liverpool won the game one 0 didn't he? Through uh, Sadio Mane's late goal, really. But you know, like I say, they, they do tend to play well against Liverpool, and they are a bit of a bogey team. And you know, it just be typical, really. Ben Teke, as we know, he's not the best, is he? You know, he's, he's struggled this season for Palace, but you know, last season he came to Anfield and scored two goals, and he beat us. So you know, he's always going to be a threat, and he does tend to do well against Liverpool. He did before we signed him and he played for Aston Villa and he's continued to do that for Crystal Palace as well so you know at the end of the day it, it's just one of them isn't it they've just got to go into the game and trust in our own ability that you know Liverpool have got some fantastic players score goals for fun Mane Firmino Salah not many teams can contain that front three they're just going to have to hope that you know on Saturday Crystal Palace will be able to contain us yeah, and just looking at one or two things from the 
from the newspapers today, Jay, and the, some of the uh, the press articles, there's been an interesting few comments from the agents of, of Jurgen Klopp, basically saying putting the the rumours of a, a link to Bayern Munich to bed, if you like, and saying that he, but he did say that Jurgen would be a, a good fit for Bayern Munich. Uh, what did you make of his his comments in the press today? Yeah, I mean, well, to be perfectly. Honest, Honest, this is something that's been in the pipeline anyway, regards Klopp with Bayern Munich. I mean, there was all the talk anyway, wasn't he, before he even joined Liverpool that when he left Dortmund, he was having a, a mini sabbatical really from football and then he was being lined up to be the Bayern Munich manager and obviously Liverpool approached him, he got the Liverpool job and you know, he's done well, hasn't he? You know, Liverpool, he's transformed us a little bit because we were sort of like struggling a bit when we under Rodgers at the time and you know, we needed a change and the change happened and Klopp come in. He got us to two finals, didn't he, to start with and with Brendan Rodgers' squad, basically, and the committee's input. And then, you know, all of a sudden, now you can see things fitting into place, can't you, where he's sort of like stamping his authority on the football club, on the squads, the group of players we've got, the way we're performing, we were playing football. And, you know, things are, are, are coming into place, but we do need to start winning trophies. Now, as regards Klopp, he'll know that himself. I mean, when he first joined the club, he, he actually said, didn't he, in three or four years' time, I'm sure there'll be, there'll be you know, titles and trophies here in front of us. And it hasn't really materialised yet. And he seems happy enough at the club. You know, Bayern Munich is still a big job. There's no dispute in that. You know, it's debatable whether or not it's a bigger job than the Liverpool job because, you know, Liverpool haven't really won things of late and we haven't been champions of our own country for a long time. Whereas Bayern Munich just win all the trophies, don't they, in the Bundesliga. You know, it's a bit of a joke league, really, isn't it? Let's be honest about it. But, you know, they're not, you wouldn't say Bayern Munich are any bigger than Liverpool pool or anything like that it's just you know, he is German isn't he at the end of the day maybe he would want to go back home and manage the biggest club in German football who knows but I get the impression that he is happy at Liverpool and I don't think he'll be leaving us any anytime soon I think obviously he's got a contract is it to 2022 so you know it's another four years at the club I just can't see him leaving us yet I think he knows himself that he's building something here at Liverpool and he just needs to win that first trophy really and once he does hopefully a few more will follow but it's very difficult nowadays isn't it you know you're in a league competing with the two Manchester clubs who spend probably the most money in football now you know along with say Barcelona Paris Saint-Germain and Real Madrid you know they're the highest spenders aren't they in world football let alone just in England so it's very difficult to compete with them type of clubs when they spend the money left right and centre like confetti and people might say well you can talk because you spent 75 on Virgil van Dijk but if you look at Liverpool's net spend you've got £140 million for Philip Coutinho so you know we've spent half of that basically on van Dijk so you know, you've got to consider that Liverpool's sort of like we're, we're struggling in that sense we're, we're trying to he's working under restraints that are implemented by the owners really because they can't bankroll of the, the club and new signings the way, you know, say Manchester City do or the way Manchester United do. So, you know, he's having to de- deal with and work with strict guidelines and how he how he's manoeuvring in the transfer market, selling players and buying players. And, you know, Liverpool are a hell of a lot better. But as regards moving on to Bayern Munich, he'll know himself. He's got unfinished business yet and it's just a beginning. Liverpool are, pro- are progressing very well. But like I say, we just need to start winning trophies. 
and I'm sure it'll keep him happy. Right, okay then, Jay. There's been a couple of more rumours being with Liverpool being linked with with players once again. Um, Jordan Lee, the transfer window. Obviously, they've been linked with Jorginho, who played for for Italy in the week, and then he'd had a couple of um, links with with the guy Escol from Real Madrid. Um, do you see there being any? Anything in these rumours, or do you just think it's it's sort of agents trying to get um, get their their clients to move, if you like, get some some big paydays for their for themselves as well? How do you how do you see these links, Jay? I think there's no doubt that Liverpool are, are going to be in the transfer market for another midfield player because yeah, we've got Naby Keita on board and he's going to come, isn't he, in the summertime for the next season? But obviously, it looks like Emre Chan's moving on to pastures new, so. We're going to need reinforcements in the middle of the park. There's no doubt about that. And we've been linked with Jorginho, who I think is a very good player. But I do think Napoli will want a lot of money for him. And, you know, what you've got to think about is he's 26 years of age. If they're going to want about £50 million for him, will Liverpool be prepared to pay that type of money for the 26-year-olds? I know we paid 75 for Van Dijk, who's 26 cents an half, but... It was an area of the team that we were desperate to get someone and he'd caught them as needs since the summertime. Whereas with Jorginho, I, I just I'm just not sure. I do think he's a neat and tidy footballer and he's a bit of a tempo setter, good pass of the ball, but I'm not sure we pay that type of money for him. We're also meant to be linked to it and Diddy, aren't we, from Leicester, who's more of a defensive midfield player really and you know, he breaks the play up and what have you. he's got a great engine on him. He's he's a lot younger than Jorginho, he's twenty one, so he's five years is junior um, but again you know with him playing for the Premier League club you know the problem is with that they always put a little bit of a premium on the prices of footballers so and he they're probably going to want 40 50 million pounds for him so I'd be very surprised if he got both of them but you know it wouldn't surprise me if he got one of the two um, in terms of preference I'm not sure Oh, really? I mean, I'm happy to go with whatever Jurgen Klopp feels fit. You know, she's fit to, to to sign for Liverpool, really, because you know, in the transfer market, he, he's done remarkably well, hasn't he? I mean, most of his signings have been top notch, haven't he? So we can't have any complaints whatsoever in terms of identifying a player and you know, moulding them into what he wants them to be. I mean, I know the jury's still out a little bit, maybe on Oxley Chamberlain, but you can see already the improvement that's being made since he's been at the club. You know, He's a lot better now at Liverpool than he ever was at Arsenal. Um, you know, he still hasn't nailed down a starting bit, but it's very, it's very difficult, isn't it? You know, the, the role he wants to play in the side. You know, it, it's hard for him to to be a regular all the time, week in week out. So, you know, he, he's still a work in progress, isn't he? And you, know, you can see that he's coming on. But like I say, the jury is still out on him. Um, but it's it's one of them, isn't it? Between now and the summertime, we're going to be linked with all kinds of players. And there was the talk of Werner, wasn't he? You know, the forward player. It started in the in the news over in in Germany, didn't it? In build and basically they were saying that he, he could be available in the summer if someone meets a hundred million euros for him, which is around about eighty seven, eighty eighty eight million pounds. And yeah, I'd love Liverpool to sign Werner, but the problem is with that, if you're paying that type of money for a player, you'd imagine he'd be, he'd be a regular in your side, and the position that he plays is the position that Roberto Firmino plays. So you know, can you really see that happening? I'm not so sure. I mean, James Pearce from the Echo has already ruled it out, but I do think it's 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 obvious that Liverpool are interested in him to an extent, and he's a player that Jurgen Klopp likes. But I do think it's a lot of money for someone that may not be a regular because you would probably have to adapt. 
Firmino's position a little bit, wouldn't you? And I just don't think after the season that he's had this this year, he's been fantastic, hasn't he? I don't really think he'd want to tamper with that too much because the front three is what it is and it's a frightening proposition for most teams to come up against. So there's just no reason to change that. But I do take on board the fans that will say, well, what happens if we get an injury to one or two of them and that is a valid valid point because you know would you trust Ings or Solanke to come in and play for three months of a season if Firmino got injured so you know it's a difficult one it, it, it's a tough one to sort of like analyse really isn't it but you know make no mistake Liverpool will sign a couple of players in the summer and they're going to be top players as well Spot on, Jay. OK, yeah, we have Terence back with us now. OK, Terence, just uh, before we um, we wrap up the show, we always get a, a score prediction and uh, and a reason for your for your thoughts on that. So give us your your prediction for this weekend, please. Um, if I may, I'll just touch on a couple of things. I was listening in the background there when I could make it back on. Um, I think um, in terms of Klopp going to Bayern Munich, um, I don't really see what the point would be for him there in terms of you go to Bayern Munich, you're expected to win the Bundesliga. And if you win the Champions League, of course, it's seen as an achievement, right? But Bayern Munich winning the Champions League isn't that unexpected. Where if you win the Premier League with Liverpool, you know, this is a this is a thing that people are going to remember, right? Especially, you know, you're reviving a huge giant and stuff like that. And with his Dortmund background, would he really want to be remembered in Germany for being a success at Bayern Munich? I'm, I'm not so sure about that. I'm sorry, I have a lot of opinions about German football because I'm married to a German woman. So <laughs> I just have all that stuff and I watch a lot of it. And then like with Timo Werner, I mean... He would, I mean, backup would be incredible. He's got a lot of pace, which fits into your front line very well. And um, I think it'd be a great addition to your squad. And you're right, if you've got players out, you don't want to, if you're looking at Danny Ings or Werner, I think you're talking Timo Werner is probably an upgrade there. And you're adding a lot more pace to your front line in your reserves. But would Werner come and be a, a person who's like a reserve? I'm not so sure. So maybe if you were to lose one of your front three or four, maybe Werner would be a, a great replacement for one of those but as a reserve I'm not so sure in terms of this weekend um, (laughs) since we've returned to the Premier League in 2013 um, we haven't lost both games to Liverpool in a season as I'm sure you probably realise I think the first season we got tanked up 3-0 in the the first game that we played there when it was Suarez Sturridge and all them lot firing on all cylinders um, and then we drew the game, obviously, in the 3-3 at the end of that season. And then since then, I think we've won one each. Then we beat you both times. And then last season, we won one each. So if football works like that, we can't possibly lose this weekend, right? <laughs> so um, with all of our players coming back, I'm Sellers Park, the atmosphere is back up there. I'm, I'm genuinely a little bit weirdly optimistic um, that we'll try and we'll find a result from somewhere. And... Um, I'm going to predict a 2-1 Palace win just just on the grounds that we, we are genuinely on the up and momentum-wise. And I was talking about earlier, earlier with all our injuries and so on. Under Roy Hodgson, I genuinely think that we are, oof, I say Burnley's probably this season's equivalent outside of the top six. If we'd had Hodgson all season long and given him a pre-season, I think we'd be in that seventh position. And I think we're a lot harder than we actually look by our league position. And, Obviously, at this stage of the season, often the league table doesn't lie, but I think this is a situation where it does in terms of us. And now we have all of our players back. We have our confidence back. We might give you more of a game than you think you're going to get this week. 
Excellent stuff. Cheers, Terence. Yeah, and thanks for your little uh, bit of an insight into the to the German players that's been linked with Liverpool as well. Okay, then, Jay, give us your score predictions and your reasons for those, please. Well, I mean, Liverpool haven't got a good record at all in Saturday half twelve kickoffs. Certainly not under Klopp, anyway. Um, I think the ratio was quite poor, really, and it's not ideal. And you could tell by you know when the derby game in a few weeks' time that got rearranged to a Saturday morning. Klopp was livid, really, that it got changed from the Sunday, which I was a little bit baffled with at the time because I thought, well, you know, surely to God it's better to play on the Saturday than the Sunday with the second leg being on the Tuesday. But when you work it out, because of the timing of it, because it's a half twelve kickoff, it's only really five to six hours difference in terms of preparation and recovery time from the first leg. But anyway, going back to being a half twelve kickoff, it's clear to see that it's not ideal and certainly not for Klopp because we've just had international break. He hasn't had much time to to work with them on the training ground and get them prepared for this game. And don't forget, it's an away game as well, so the travelling involved. So. You know, really, it is all stacked against Liverpool. But like I said before, it's vitally important that we register three points in this game because Liverpool have got massive games on the horizon and we cannot overlook this game because, as I said before, Crystal Palace have been a little bit of a bogey team to Liverpool and Shelley's Park's not an easy place for us to go to. But I just think with Liverpool's attacking three and they're all going to be fit and available to start the game, touch wood, nothing happens in training. They've all come back from international duty with no issues. So all three of them are going to be ready, fired and ready to go. And I just can't see Crystal Palace being able to contain them. I do take on board, though, that they've got a couple of players coming back. I mean, Sacco's going to help them defensively. They've obviously got Zaha, who's going to play as well, who can cause problems. There's no doubt about that. So it's going to be an interesting game. There's no two ways about it. It's going to be a tough game. It's going to be tricky. But I just think Liverpool will have the edge with the attack and prowess that, that we've got. And I think I'm going to go for the same scoreline, but obviously the other way. And I say Liverpool will win 2-1. 2-1 for, for both of your your teams, lads. Yeah, my prediction is it's something pretty similar, really. Yeah, I expect it to be a be a close game. It's always the atmosphere is always good, isn't it, down at Sellers Park. The, the crowd are really close to the pitch and they make um they make a real noise down there. But hopefully we can we can quieten the, the crowd down early on. Like Jay says, with the with the front three that we've got who've never played down there together if you like and um with them three firing on all cylinders, then you you can they can score three or four in a game. But yet it will be it will be close, and I'm I think I'll go for I'll go for a one nil Liverpool victory. I think it'll be a lot closer um, than previous games, and I just uh, just think we'll have that little bit too much in attack. We will probably make a lot of chances, but I just think it'll be um, be a one nil Liverpool victory. Right, okay, I've not got a, any music set up there, any bands this week. It's been a bit of a bit of a rush job, so um we'll just end the, the show by saying thanks to to you two guys for coming on and previewing the Crystal Palace versus Liverpool game. For much appreciated, both of you. No worries, mate. Cheers, lads, enjoy the game. Thanks very much, Sense. Thanks very much, Jay. Yeah, so that's the cop table preview of the Crystal Palace versus Liverpool game that will be out via the Friends of Liverpool website. Thanks, everybody, for listening. The next one we'll be doing will be our Merseyside derby preview, so look forward to that one, and we speak to you all very soon. Goodbye.
Call. 